once upon a cult. I, I had an accent in those days. <laughs> Excuse me. I had an accent. I didn't talk as refined as I do now. And I says, hey, give me that breath. You understand? The one to lose weight. Not that I needed it for my girlfriend. She wouldn't give it to me. She says, you got to ohm. And I turn around, and all my tough Italian friends are laying on the floor, and they're doing, oh, oh. They all sound like they have belly aches. Once upon a time, there was a chubby princess. <laughs> <laughs> and she decided, I want to be the princess of all yoga. And then she decided, hmm, I think I'll be a god. <laughs> well, well, that's a, that's the next transition after doing yoga, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah, so this is a yoga heavy episode. So so everybody get into downward dog, and we're gonna begin. <laughs> that's the only yoga pose I know. <laughs> I know. I've seen you in yoga. Should we talk about that? I was gonna that? say. I know you want to bring it up. So should I just let you get your yoga story out? I'm gonna of the get now? the yoga story out. <laughs> so, so um, for a while, I was into Bikram yoga, which if you haven't heard of it, it's hot yoga where you are in 40% humidity at temperatures of 104%. And girl, I'm, I'm going to try to get back into it, actually. Are you? Yeah. I'm not I going to join it. you. Yeah. Victoria <laughs> decided one day I'm going to go with you. And I'm like, okay, exciting. And I was like, just to let you know, it's a little intense. Yeah. So if you can at least stay in the room. And she's like girl i've been to arizona i've been in hot temperatures i'm like girl it's a little bit different she's like no i can handle I it i said i was there in the summer okay and it was 120 degrees and you were like it's only 100 degrees in here i was like oh that's fine i can do it no big deal and then she's like i think i'm gonna go to <laughs> i think i'm gonna go to the party city afterwards i'm like you're not gonna want to go to I party need, city afterwards i need <laughs> I was like, you're going to be all sweaty. You're going to be sore. You're not going to want to go to party. She said, no, I got you. You don't believe in me. I'm going to go to party city. She walked into the room and first off, her face looked like somebody farted in her mouth. That's what it smelled like. For the record, the heat didn't bother me as much as the smell. Okay. So I don't really sweat a lot. Even when I work out, I don't sweat that much. Mm -hmm. That's why I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. And... But the thing is, though, other people still sweat. I sweat. Yeah. Don't agree other with people, me. <laughs> other people in Bikram yoga also fart and... I've heard it. No, okay. Somebody farted during our, our <laughs> session and Victoria didn't start giggling and that's was like, oh no. <laughs> She's pretty She's bad. Done. She's done. For, okay, so I'm very, very sensitive to smells. And so when I walked in, I made a face just like immediately super grossed out. And he thought it was from the heat. But seriously, I was holding in all my vomit. Yeah. Because it was vomit mixed with socks, mixed like dirty socks with poop and farts and B.O. And everything bad smelling in the world was concentrated and in that room. (laughs) But anyway, enough about Bikram yoga. Victoria went home and cried that night. I'll just leave it there. I did not go to Party City. I went straight home. <laughs> yep. So, okay. We found out on an earlier episode that Heaven's Gate is Victoria's favorite podcast. And I yes. laughed at her because she has a favorite podcast. Yeah. I now have, or not podcast, cults. I keep saying the wrong thing today. And I didn't even favorite realize cult. she said it wrong. Well, I now have a favorite cult. <laughs> See? And it is the we one that we're one. talking about we today. All have one. I know I was talking to my friend Mary and I'm like, I'm talking about my new favorite cult today. She's like, there's so many things wrong with that <laughs> sentence. I'm like, I don't see a one. So today we're talking about Kashi Ashram, which was run by a woman born Joyce Green who started calling herself Ma Jaya. Because who uses names? Yeah, and if you're going to use one, Joyce Green isn't the one to use. Joyce Green isn't the one. Ma Jaya. Ma Jaya. <laughs> Ma Jaya. Ma Jaya. <laughs> I was thinking that too, Ma Jaya. Because we're perverts. <laughs> what? So this one, the reason why it really is your spoke favorite? to me mm-hmm. is because it's so ridiculous. Like, oh, it is. There needs to be a movie. I would call the movie Legally Hindu. You know what I... <laughs> You're so stupid, and I love it. Uh, but I heard an interesting thing about movies, and that um, Julia Roberts actually studied yeah. her for Girl, 
her movie. I've got a quote from Julia at oh, the end. Oh, okay. I'll wait. Okay. So let's start talking about Joyce Green. Okay. Should we talk about where she grew up? Yes, do it. Joyce Green grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Okay, you know I fucking love Brooklyn. So she grows up. She's a little Jewish girl, dark brown hair. Um, she's uh, They're poor. You know, it's 1940. I can't do the whole thing like this. I'm sorry. Well, we had, thank God we, for that. Yeah, yeah, that's got to end quick. So anyway, <laughs> we had wondered how long I could do the accent, and now we found it's not that long. Not that long. No. So yeah, she's born in 1940 to a very poor family. Mm-hmm. Her and mom was just a secretary, mm-hmm. and her dad was kind of a loser. He didn't yeah. do anything. So and for fun, <laughs> for, for fun, fun, she would go hang out at Coney Island and smoke with the homeless yeah, people at, seven, at age seven. So. Yeah, at age seven. <laughs> I know when I was seven, I was like, "What sounds like a good time? I'm gonna go chill and smoke some cigarettes with the homeless folk down at Coney Island." <laughs> what? No, <laughs> Dad. Where were you? Yeah. Mom was at work. Where were you? Look what you did. You raised a cult leader. <laughs> so age 13, Joyce's mom has cancer mm-hmm. and she's dying in the hospital. And Joyce is basically like, why is this happening? Why is there so much unhappiness in this world? Mm-hmm. And I think this really sets up her life, which is yes. why I put it in my notes. Her mom says, don't feel sorry for me and don't ever feel sorry for yourself. Um, bring joy to people's lives and make them happy, but never feel sorry for people. I wonder if, and I know I'm skipping years ahead. Um, yeah, because we just started. Yes. <laughs> but I wonder if that, well, when, you know what, save that thought and we'll maybe touch on it when we get to it. I'd rather touch your boob. Okay. Whoop. There it is. <laughs> so, and then another big part is when she meets Sal Di, Di Fiore. Mm-hmm. So, Who was like Rico Suave. Yeah. Super macho Italian mm, super guy. Super macho. Yeah. And he had this quote where he kind of said like, <laughs> she's super poor and her family are losers, uh, yeah. but she was hot and I liked her personality. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to save this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so they meet at, she's 15 and yeah. he's 17. And, and then a year later they yeah. were already married. What the hell? How did... Did your dad sign off on that, or was it different in 19? What would that be? If she was 16, 1956? 1956, yeah. Okay. Maybe. Did you have to be 18 at 19? I should look that up. Well, I wonder, too, if the dad was like, fuck it, if you're married, I don't have to take care of you. Yeah, you're going to take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. Let Sal DiFiore take care of you. (laughs) Sal DiFiore. So after they get married, they ended up having three kids. Um, They had, the youngest one was Molly, um, is what she she, goes by. She she also picked her own name. Yes. Because, (laughs) but Molly had a very good reason for picking a new name. She's like, I... I need to disassociate myself with this. And so she she goes by Molly now. Good on you, Molly. I wouldn't tell anyone <laughs> my name either. And then she had two sons, but mm-hmm. they didn't catch their names. What, the first one was Jimmy. I remember Jimmy. Jimmy. He's the oldest. And then I thought she had another daughter, not another son. Oh, was there another son? A daughter? I thought it was a daughter. Oh, it was a daughter. Yeah. Jimmy and then two daughters. Yeah. Okay. And then little Molly. Yeah. Yep. So. So... Everything starts <laughs> with a joke, Sal basically. Sal is a dick. Sal, you set this all in motion with well, your jokes. So apparently Joyce was a little chunky in her, what was it, like early 30s? She was 30, yeah. yeah. She was already 30 and she had three kids. Yeah. You're allowed to be chunky. <laughs> so I guess she ate a lot of food one night. And they ate a lot of Italian food, too, which isn't like the most right. low well, carb. Yeah, no, I mean, it's. <laughs> As a keto person, I'm going to tell you that pasta is like the one thing you can never yep, ever have. Exactly. Because <laughs> like, it's the carb. So anyways, though. So yeah, so she was probably eating pasta primavera every day mm-hmm. and had three kids and she's in her 30s. So yeah, she probably had a little bit of extra weight. Which is no fine, big Sal. Deal. Yeah. Calm down, Sal. Sheesh. So apparently she ate a lot of food and he made the comment, um, you should eat sometime. <laughs> he said such a sarcastic 
to Castle. It's such a stupid comment, too. It is. It's like that. Remember when you were a little kid and you'd be at the drinking fountain and you'd be like, oh, save some water for the fish. <laughs> but you know what? I totally understand because I'm not even that big of a person. Mm-hmm. I've got some extra junk, but yeah. I'm not huge. But you swear well, like, are you <laughs> well, where it counts. I was going to say. You swear like everybody wants to comment on it. Like Chris has yes. a friend who comments, his sister comments. Mm-hmm. Well, those are both Chris centric. Um, my dad used to make comments like everybody wants to tell you exactly how much weight you have. Yeah. And it eventually can get to you. When I was younger, my parents would be like, okay, you know, you got to watch foods and stuff. Well, when I got to be a teenager. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so I I totally get why she would get upset by this, and at least she did something about it. Yeah, she started (laughs) going to yoga. Yeah. (laughs) So it's 1972, she's 32 years old, so Mm -hmm. yeah, early 30s we said, and she started going to yoga, and she started doing pranayama breathing, which actually I think we did in In Bikram yoga also. But what pranayama breathing is, you take in air for four seconds, and you hold it for 16, and then you exhale. Victoria's doing it right. <laughs> or she has a part. I'm not I sure. I was trying. I was trying, and I was holding my breath, but I got to, like, seven. You know that doesn't read on a podcast, right? I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're laughing too much. Yeah. So coming into yoga... And especially in the 60s and 70s, um, there are a lot of Eastern yes. beliefs coming over. Yeah, and and I heard, too, that at that time, um, India was able to finally start traveling to America. So a lot of gurus yes. were coming to America and, you know, influencing. It, it was a big trend. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was a big, big trend at the time to be enlightened or to go and search for a guru and you know so i i think that there was a big it, it was a big trend and actually even now um i have a cousin who is a bikram yoga instructor which is how i was turned on to it in the first place but he even said that some of the other instructors get very into the religion behind bikram yoga mm-hmm. and that's where they start to get a little freaky yeah so yoga for those who don't know it is more than just making poses on a mat there's a lot of history and religion behind it that you can get into mm-hmm. i'm sure mm-hmm. so and joyce ditch started getting into it and she loved pranayama breathing so much that she went home and she practiced it by herself until one day there was a dragging noise as she was breathing <laughs> And the dragon got closer and closer. And Ooh. all of a sudden, <laughs> Jesus was there holding his cross. Because why wouldn't yeah. he travel with his right. cross? Right, yeah. That's <laughs> stupid. That's, that's a little light packing. You're right. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm it's moving. It's his cross to bear, okay? <laughs> and then, according to her, what she said to Jesus upon first meeting him was, I'm Jewish, what are you doing here? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my Jesus. That's exactly what I would say. Like What do you want, Jesus? Why are you here? I'm Jewish. Leave me alone. It makes sense you're here, but I'm Jewish. Why are you here? <laughs> this is why I love her. I love her so She's much. Crazy. So she started to see Jesus regularly. Yeah. Like he would just stop in. They were BFFs. Yeah. Like, you know that shirt that they used to sell? Was it, it wasn't that, like, Hot Topic, but, like, one of those shirts that was, like, Jesus is my homeboy. <laughs> I've never that seen that. That was Magia. Okay. Jesus was her homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> so, she started seeing him regularly, and she went to Sal, her husband, and mm-hmm. was like, hey, I've been seeing Jesus. <laughs> and he said, fucking bullshit. You have not been seeing Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sal was a dick. But he knew what the fuck he was talking about. He like, knew. no, bitch, you're not seeing Jesus. What is, aren't you Jewish? That's probably what he aren't said. Aren't you Jewish? So, of course, oh. with her husband not believing, she went yeah. to yoga and she started sharing with the other, I'm going to call them yogis, yogis from here on out. Oh, good. You remembered. Yeah. She told her other yogis and they're like, oh, obviously this is a thing that should be happening. <clears throat> so they all believed her. And I think this is really where we start to see Joyce understand what power she can have over yes. people. And I think that's where she really got like, oh, this is a thing. And I had this thought because I was, <clears throat> excuse me, 
because I was listening to this and trying to think of how this almost relates to me in my life right now and our lives right now because social media is so huge and makes such a big difference. I kind of wonder about like the idea of what things would have been like for Majaya if she was uh, around today with social media, you know, and it's something I think about, you know, every time we kind of do this, but I think about like people I follow and I follow, you know, so some things that I'm like, hmm, I really like the spirituality this person kind of oh shares. God. I had the same <clears> thought. I know where you're did going. Did you? What? Are you thinking of our mutual friend who's very spiritual and we... Not just that, that okay. individual, but I, I was watching another thing on YouTube where they talk about you know, different people in general doing spirituality videos on YouTube and how they, um, how they, they, they broadcast and they have this platform where it's not like you need anymore, you know, to go like, like you don't have to go to a church. You can just get on Instagram and watch someone's live mm-hmm. stream. Like if I say every Sunday at 9 a.m., I'm going to do an hour live talking about spirituality, there's going to be people that follow me mm-hmm. and watch that. So I wonder, like, her, at, at their height, they were 200 members is yeah. what I got. And I wonder, like... How many followers would you have had, Majaya? That's true. How many followers on Instagram? And she did have a lot of, we'll get there, but she did yeah. have a lot of remote followers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is interesting. But my thought, which I guess it was a little different from yours, but mm-hmm. it was along the same path, is I think it's easy to think it's ridiculous that people believed her that she's seeing Jesus. Right. But what really helped me put it into focus is... We do have a mutual friend who's very into Reiki and very into tarot cards and just mm-hmm. sensing people. And if you don't believe in that, then it's easy to be like, oh, she's full of shit. This is right. all fake. But since we believe in it, right. if she were to come <clears throat> to us and say some outrageous claim, we might be more apt to believe it because. Mm-hmm. And these were her friends in yoga mm-hmm. that she was going to with it. Her husband, who doesn't believe it, was like, yeah, no, bitch, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then her friends are like, oh, my gosh, Jesus mm-hmm. came and said, what's up? Right. Tell me about it. Because yeah. even since um, getting back into my spirituality, like there is one day at work, I uh, sensed somebody standing next to me at my coworker's desk. Mm-hmm. And the next day when she came in, I was like, there's a dude standing at your desk yesterday. She's like, are you fucking with me? You know, I believe in that. I'm like, no, there was a dude standing at your desk and he didn't seem happy. She's like, that's so weird because two other people told me that. So, like, I think there is something to the stuff, and these mm-hmm. are my beliefs. Right. So, and you're entitled to that. Yeah, and I'm you just, know? I think just we like should respect people. Just like Sal, people. right? Just like Sal, even though he doesn't believe in stuff, we still have to respect that mm-hmm. too. So, we need to, as individuals in society, be respectful of other people's belief system, whether you agree with it or not, or whether there even is a belief system. Mm-hmm. You need to respect that. So, I think it goes both ways. So, <laughs> just like you. Right after saying that, I'm going to get into the fun stuff. <laughs> because in 1973, let's set the scene. Yes. Saul is having a peaceful night of sleep. <laughs> and suddenly he hears screaming. She didn't wake Saul up, did she? She didn't. Oh. No, she did. He hears screaming and he, he comes around his home. Mm-hmm. He finds his wife, Joyce, on the floor covered in blood. Oh, my goodness. Right. Yes. And she's like, I've experienced stigmata. These are the same wounds that Jesus Christ in- was inflicted upon with nails through his hands. I have stigmata. Right, right. So what did Sal do? So Sal's like, no, you don't. <laughs> so Sal, he, Sal took her. I love Sal. I do, too. You, you say it. Sal took her clothes to the dry cleaner. And the dry cleaner said it was fake blood. Yeah, the dry cleaner said, this is theater blood. This This isn't real blood. (laughs) Sounds like, bitch, I know you're lying. I know you don't know Jesus. (laughs) You're Jewish. Right. Apparently, Sal did say that Joyce wasn't even a very religious person. Mm -mm. So that was the first indicator that... The first... Yeah, the first thing Sal said was, why would Jesus come to you? Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like, (laughs) my wife? No. My wife? Uh-uh, not my wife. She's not being visited by Jesus. But she went to back to her yogis, and she told them she's had stigmata. So then word started spreading through Brooklyn, through mm-hmm. New York, that she is the woman who had stigmata. Yep, she's the one to go see. You mm-hmm. all got to go see her. 
so yep so then she starts gathering what we see it's the beginning of a following yeah see i was thinking as just like a friendship like they're all just bffs but Mm -hmm. then they had a falling out that's true yeah (laughs) so and where we really start to see joyce come into power is in 1974 Mm -hmm. we meet hilda hamilton yes what a great name yeah i like that one (laughs) hilda hamilton so do you want to tell us about hilda uh, well, she was kind of like a popular, enlightened person of the time, and she was kind of like, she was like the one to follow, but now Hilda was like, wait, who's this other new person? Mm-hmm. And Hilda was just like mesmerized by her. Like, she was totally taken. I yeah. think she had said like at one point too, like, they locked eyes from across the room. <laughs> It was really cheesy. Yeah. And they were like instant BFFs, Mm -hmm. which I get, but there's just some people you instantly like. Like my best friend, one of my two best friends that I consider, well, I have a lot of best friends, but the one in my mind right now, when we met, instantly, we were best friends. Like I met her and I was just like, boom, you are my best friend. (laughs) I freaking love you. I don't even know you. And we've been best friends for like 20 years almost. So it's like, I think that you do meet people. You and I have that kind of a relationship yeah. too. When we met, it was just like, okay, okay. I instantly like I you. I instantly like you. We gonna be friends. <laughs> so I think that she probably did like connect with her right away. But she like, the way I heard it, it was very dramatic. Like we locked eyes from yeah. across the room. And I knew that I was <laughs> destined to be with this person. It was a divine connection. No, I agree with you. I think there is a spiritual aspect to people we meet and just feeling that connection, but Mm -hmm. it was a little crazy the way it was described. But yeah, Hilda is basically just a popular person who's gone throughout India and learned from other... um, She studied dance and... Yeah, dance, that's what um, it was. And then she was... But she was studying dance in India for like 20 years almost. And she was going to all the different gurus and she was on trend before it was a trend. Yeah. And then what she started doing is she would have her own sessions where mm-hmm. people would come visit. I don't understand why she wasn't the leader. I know. How she, you know what, because I, I know why she, because Ma Jaya was very charismatic. That's true. She maybe lacked the charisma of Ma Jaya, so maybe they kind of piggybacked off each other. Yeah, because Hilda <clears throat> would really bolster Joy. She yeah. would have circles and she would run throughout the circle and be like a saint is coming a saint yeah, is coming yeah i was gonna say she would like really hype it was her hype girl yeah maybe she just enjoyed being she like would a manager like, pass out t-shirts and yeah. like a shirt, she had a shirt cannon she was like a saint is coming who wants a t-shirt so and what really kind of set this friendship between joyce and hilda and really made hilda believe but i don't know how much hilda was just i don't know how much she knew she was feeding the flame in order to build this monster or how much right. she actually believes because mm-hmm. what i'm getting at is joyce says she's being visited by a spirit and she described the spirit to hilda and hilda was like oh that's neem Koroli baba so <laughs> she she tells her who she's seeing yeah and i'm sure like maybe this will go border the line of racist but <laughs> if you describe a guru most of them are gonna be you know he's an indian man wearing robes I'm seeing an indian man. <laughs> yes bitch she just came from india no shit <laughs> Sorry. so i just thought that was funny yeah, that she told her like this is who you're seeing you're mystic eyes? he's got eyes and a nose mm, i'm sensing arms <laughs> two of them <laughs> so then apparently I just imagine that's what she was just yeah in one of her guy. dreams apparently nim came to her and touched her forehead and she instantly got enlightenment which three takes times. a lot of people there was three, three touches of the forehead and she saw the universe it takes people years and years to do this not, but Jaya. not for her and he also gave her her new name, uh-huh. which Ma means mother. I would never have thought I was going to say, what mother. is the full name? <laughs> okay. And then Jaya is Victory. Yes. And then Sati. Could I be Jaya? No. Oh. You can be Jaina. Jaina? <laughs> Sati is Purity. Mm-hmm. And Bhagavati is a title of a goddess. So 
Ma Jaya Sati Bhagavati. She wanted it all. She wanted victory. She wanted to be the mama. She wanted to be a goddess. She was pure. Well, we find out later she was a few goddesses, which is something that we see from many cult leaders, too. Mm -hmm. They're never just one reincarnation. Right. Like, wasn't it Koresh who was, like, three? Or one of them. Not not Koresh. I don't know, but there was, yeah, I, I, was it Roche? Rock? Rock. Rock Roche? Oh, well, they're all, they're starting to mix together. They're all the same, (laughs) I know. And it's so amazing how they believe in so many different things, but when you come down to it, they really just have the same foundations and beliefs. Yeah. You know? So. It's almost like the system of beliefs doesn't necessarily matter, or the content doesn't matter. And what's crazy is we're going to cross reference somebody we talked about again. I know. And this. It's so bizarre. Yeah. How bizarre, how bizarre. Where did that come from? The song. I know, but I mean, where in your, I, I know where the song came from, but I'm wondering where in your brain that song came Nim, from. Nim Curly, whatever, was still telling me to say that. He touched your forehead yeah. and told you to start singing a song from the 90s. <laughs> so let's introduce Ram Das. Okay. So he's another enlightened man. He's pretty popular in the movement. Best-selling author. He's a little controversial, though. Yeah. Because he's teaching at a university, and he's experimenting with the effects of LSD on <laughs> students. Because it gives you visions. I think they were all experimenting with LSD at this time. We're still in the mid-70s. Yep. I wonder, too, if that really was, like, a lot of having to do with all these cults and visions people were seeing. Is it just, at the time, everybody was on LSD. That's all it was. That's very true. So, he's given LSD to students. There's no real, well, you're going to make fun of me for saying it that way, but there's no actual, like medical experimentation setup he's just giving it to them <laughs> calling it experiments but there's no control group there's no actual like experiment yeah, i'm basically just giving drugs yeah. to my students i want to see what happens he's like it's for research it's gonna be a good time you know it's gonna be great i'm gonna watch y'all take these drugs and i'm gonna see what you do so he's he gets fired i don't know why <laughs> So he's traveling, he's kind of feeling lost, but yeah. he stops by New York on his way to say hi to Hilda. Mm-hmm. His, his other BFF. And Hilda's like, girl, you have to meet yes. this girl because she's seeing your old guru. He's mm-hmm. sitting right next to her. Girl, he is, she's like talking to him right now. <laughs> and then like, I think, didn't he, he call, he go into the... Did he call her the first time or he went to visit her the first time and her first and immediate response was, what do you want? Yeah. I he went just to see her in her. person and it was, what do you want? What do you want? What do oh you want? Oh my God. What do you, oh my Jesus. <laughs> what do you want? So, and apparently she told him details about Min's guru. guru mm-hmm. About how on. he ran the ashram, which again, I'm kind of like, is it really that different for right. how to run one? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem at this point like there's very concrete things. If he if he walks in and she's like, you know, you had an abortion when you were 13, even mm-hmm. though you're a man, then that's a little more specific. Right, right. <laughs> and I think, you know, she was probably just so charming with how vague she was. Yeah. The way she presented it was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because when you want to believe, you mm-hmm. And these reach. are all people that are wanting to believe, mm-hmm. too. That's the thing we have to think about, too, with all of these cults, is that these are people that do want to believe for the most of it, or want to believe that they're doing something for to better mankind, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so now we have this 30-something housewife who believes herself a prophet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paired up with Hilda and Ram Das, so basically we're taking all these followers and just bunching them together. Yeah. And then what's happening at the same time is Ram is basically like all other prophets in the West are false. Mm-hmm. You want to follow Ma, and then at the same time Ma's like, "I'm only here to pave the way for Ram." Right. <laughs> they were BFFs. Yeah. They were like you and me, girl. We paved the way for each other. Yeah scary how much we keep talking about starting this cult i know right (laughs) 
So, and they weren't a perfect couple, because if Ram upset her or refused to follow, Ma would control him. She would have another follower tell him she was bleeding from the mouth mm-hmm. because of his distrust. Yeah. And it was like quarts of blood, too, not that, just a yeah, little. Yeah, she would say, like, there was all kinds of blood and mm-hmm. stuff coming out. And And then Rom would tell people, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. I've seen her throw up this blood. She was a pathological liar. What? I know, I know. Surprise, surprise. And, um, yeah, she would make other people lie for her, too. She would really try to manipulate and control them so that they would start lying for her. Because she knew that she wasn't really spitting up a bunch of blood. Yeah, that's one thing that I wanted to ask you. Like, do you think she knows she's lying or do you think she's convincing herself that this stuff is happening that's a good question because and i i genuinely don't know um because i i do feel that pathological liars sincerely believe the lies that they tell they convince themselves in my opinion that no that really happened or you know Mm -hmm. like i think that if you're a pathological liar you convince yourself of that um i don't necessarily know in her case if she if she would have been, if she knew she was lying or not. Okay. So I don't know if she thought of herself as a pathological liar. Well, but I don't think anyone that's a pathological liar knows they're a pathological that's liar. That's a good point. Yeah. So in 1975, that's when Ma starts telling people she's Kali, who mm-hmm. is the goddess of life and death. She tells them that she's Artemis, which is the Greek goddess of the sun mm-hmm. or the hunt. She's, yeah. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> and among many other gods Mm -hmm. and at one point she even claimed that she could bring cancer out of people into herself right so she had all these tumors inside her but she could pray them away yes yeah Mm -hmm. i think that was karma (laughs) wow you went there (laughs) i did sorry anyways and then this was what really like it made me laugh out loud and i texted you right away yes so (laughs) So she's saying that Madraya says that she can go into trances, but she leaves her body, and when she comes back, it feels like a thousand razors. It's so painful. But what could fix something like that? There has to be a cure for a thousand razors stabbing you at once, right? So she tells her people to try to help her not go into these trances because she she can't stand this pain yes so, i can't imagine i almost wonder if she told hilda like hey give me this necklace because that set her up perfectly yeah hilda gives her a big necklace and apparently when she grabs the necklace she comes out of the trance or she stops going into it mm-hmm. so then she tells everybody <laughs> i can't she says maybe gold will weigh me down so i don't go into these trances so you all need to buy me gold right but but my skin can't take impurity so the gold has to be at least 16 carats or i can't wear it 18 18. i keep saying 16 but yeah 18 yeah so now she has these people buying her (laughs) (laughs) she knew what she was doing Mm mm-hmm she did she was a smart girl from brooklyn and she knew what she was doing these people were still like oh yeah that makes sense yeah no, I know. It's like, oh, you need jewelry? <laughs> yeah, that'll... Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that'll that hold you down. Mm-hmm. But... Was she s- floating? <laughs> right? <laughs> did they, like, envision... What did they envision her as, like, leaving her body? Like, I'm yeah, wondering. Yeah, that's like, what it was. But the gold was going to hold yeah. her body that was on the ground. It was going to hold... I'm just trying to get the visual of, like, what the gold is going to do. I don't know. It just makes sense. Why do you have to question things? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm being a Sal over here. (laughs) Sour Sal. (laughs) So we start seeing this pattern because I think one thing with Ma is she's good at bringing people in, but not with Mm -hmm. keeping them. Right. And one of the first major people who leaves is actually Ram Das. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and the reason for this is he starts... Well, before that happened, her husband actually left her. Well, yeah. yeah. He had left a while ago. He and two of the kids. Not yeah. three, because she had three she kids. She Molly with her. Yeah, Molly. Poor Molly. Poor Molly. I know. She, got, she had it the worst. So, Rom starts to grow disillusioned because he sees the, the background of what's going on with Ma. He sees her tantrums. He sees... Mm-hmm. Um, but they were also BFFs. Yeah. And he kind of came out later and said, you know, after they had their falling out, which I'm going to assume was over shoes. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> and people are pretty sure they were sleeping together, but there's no actual... I don't think so. Well, he wouldn't say whether they were sleeping together or right. not. And she would say she she's would married. Deny it. Yeah. I got this gay BFF vibe. Okay. That's what I got. That's why you think it's about the shoes? That's why I say it was about shoes. Okay. It's always over shoes. So what's scary is when he decides to leave, she does not like this because no. she's a controlling person. Right. So she has people stalk him. Do you think she was like fine with him leaving but didn't want him saying like, oh, she's a freaking liar and that's really why she wanted to keep him? Or she genuinely was like, no, that's my friend and I want to keep our friendship. I don't think it was either. I think it's more of a like a control thing. Like, how dare you leave me? Okay. And, well, I think it was a little of the friendship, too, because she was trying to get him to come back. Right. She would have her followers call him and say that she's bleeding from the mouth, when and she's, she's like, not stopping. But she's like, nah, I've seen that shit. It didn't happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the funny <laughs> thing. Victoria just mentioned it. Ram Dass came out later, and he's like, yeah, she took me to show her bleeding from the mouth <laughs> once. And he said, like, she turned away from him, but she could he could see... A little bit of pink fluid came out, but she threw it away right away. He couldn't look at it. You can't look. You can't look. Yeah. So I'm like, did you eat some strawberry jello? <laughs> like, <laughs> so it sounded pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. That's Girl. why I love her, though. She's <laughs> a mess. Because she's from Brooklyn. She's yeah. wearing a bunch of tacky jewelry. Oh, she has so these tacky. outlandish lies. Like, she's yeah. wonderful. And she's vulgar. Yeah, she Can we is. talk about how vulgar she is for Talk a about it. Yeah, she was like, she'd curse, she'd gamble. She, she was she was just a mess. She was a mess. Mm-hmm. And I do love it. So, Rom, like Victoria said, he's a writer. So he writes a whole book, Disavowing mm-hmm. Ma. And this book is a... It's a bestseller. It's a bestseller. To this day, there's like 2 million copies wow. that have sold. I want to read it. <laughs> I know. I thought the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to buy that book. So Ma Jaya starts to see a dangerous uh, schism happening within her people. People who believe the book and people who don't. Mm-hmm. But strangely, a lot of people don't leave, though. As much as they may or may not believe it, they want to stay. Yeah, that's... Always the interesting thing to me. But I think, I I guess it's got to feel like very scary, the thought of leaving. Yeah, because it's like, what do you have? This is your life as you know it. You're completely abandoning your life. And it's like, well, I don't know what's out there. Here I know at least uh, what I have. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't know if you're going to get a job or have a home. Like, what are you going to do if you walk out? Like, where are exactly. you going to go? And a lot of these people have kids or spouses who are involved in it. So mm-hmm. then it comes to, you, do I leave now? them? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So she decides, well, what's the best thing to do? Almost like a divorce. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She decides what's the best to do when people may not be believing. So she moves to Florida. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Florida with that accent? Of course. <laughs> So Ma Jaya finds a large bit of land that they rent from a dentist, a dentist yeah. of all things. And um, they move in and she has her people start building a community there with mm-hmm. it got mm-hmm. up to, like you said, about 200 people. And this was around what time? Around 1976, I want to say, uh-huh. which was the time of Jim Jones. What? what? <laughs> so yeah, Jim Jones, we've seen in two other podcasts, including this one. He has an effect on these other leaders. He does. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was because, I wonder if Jim Jones had an effect on other leaders because of size or because of how it ended. I'm sure how it ended was one thing, but I get the sense more, because from the ones that I've heard that were like, oh, you know, that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, because Waco was one, yeah. I think, um, that was influenced. Uh, not not the cult was influenced by them, but the, um, the FBI was influenced yes. to watch them. So that... That was a thing. So I'm wondering if it was like media attention was like, oh, shoot, I see how that group is being treated. I don't want my group to be treated like that. Or do you think it's I see this leader and like, like, what do you think they took from Jim Jones? Well, I think it's That's different what I don't get. per leader because like, um, what's his name? Koresh. Mm-hmm. He took it as like, wow, look at the power I can have on people, I feel. Mm-hmm. But 
where Majaya comes in is I think she gets more afraid of, oh no, if they're looking at this cult, they're going to come sniffing at mine. Right, which I think there was another cult we had heard, which was a similar story. Mm-hmm. They were afraid of of the other cult being, oh, now we're going to get negative attention. And then we saw Doe from Heaven's Gate see Koresh, and he wanted that sort of... Ending. That was interesting. That ending and also that <clears throat> devotion to him. He yes. wanted to know his people would die for him. Right, right. So, don't you think, though, too, which is interesting to me, is you all, you guys as leaders, you all did see how it ended with Jim Jones, right? <laughs> right. But, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we all know what happened. <laughs> well, so. and this is where I think Ma kind of changes and mm-hmm. starts really looking a little more like a cult. So because yeah. she starts practicing things like sleep deprivation, which we saw from Roke and other leaders. And Jim Jones. And Jim Jones. Jones. So it's like, were y'all just trading mm-hmm. tips? Like one doctor said she would force him to stay up till three in the morning watching... Mm-hmm. Um, well, he'd work till like a certain time, and then he, as soon as he'd get off work, he was watching her to her her seminars till three in the yeah. morning. Yeah, so she knew what she was doing. Yeah, and she had them build this whole living space for her. A lot of people saw it as kind of a whole like nirvana to kind of their belief because it was a place that they they didn't have any outside um, distractions. Right. So it was all about yoga and meditation and. But that quickly kind of changed because now she's starting to ask for higher donations mm-hmm. from people within the well, home and more without. Gold. Yeah, she needed more gold. <laughs> yeah, she's asking for donations. She needed some she's, earrings to go with that necklace and bracelet. She's <laughs> asking for people to pay for her trips. Mm-hmm. This woman's spoiled. Her gambling. Her gambling. That's a big thing. She's a gambler. She was a big gambler. Mm-hmm. That was her, her one, one night alone. She dropped between 20 to 30 grand. Yeah, and it was... The ashram's money, not mm-hmm. hers, that she right. used. So that, yeah. and she was making what, 100K, her, I think? Yeah, her allowance was 100K. That's crazy. Yeah, a year or something. So, Jim. Like, that's a salary, though. That's a yeah. nice salary, especially in 1980 or whatever and year we're She's at. not paying for gas to go to work. She's not paying child support. She's not paying child she support. She didn't take care of those kids. So. Mama was just like, fuck it, I'm doing me. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, yeah, Jim Jones happens in 78. She gets afraid that she's going to be outed as a cult leader. So, mm-hmm. in 1979, she decides, what's the best way to hide that this is a cult? I'm going to make a school. I'm going to call it the River School, and I'm yeah. going to teach kids. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I do have to say, though, we talked about this on last episode, mm-hmm. seeing through the eyes of a woman cult leader. Yes. This actually... Isn't a terrible cult. I think she did a lot of no, good, but there was, of course, the bad. She did bad, but I I wonder if it's like she did the bad so much just in her personal life. Because a lot of her bad, I felt, was there. It was a lot of self-damage and damage to her children. Mm-hmm. Um, she, well, no, because she did hurt other people. She hurt other people yeah. by taking their kids and stuff. I mean, we haven't even gotten into yeah, we haven't gotten there. That, but, but I think I think 1980 is when she starts going yeah. off the rampage. Isn't that what they call it? The rampage. The years? rampage years. Yeah. So let's get into <laughs> let's it. Let's get into the rampage years. It starts in 1980. She meets her new husband, Suze Cho. Mm-hmm. He's a martial arts expert from Korea. They marry 1980, and they marry. They meet. They meet in 80 and marry in 81. Yeah. She moves quick. She does move quick. I was yeah. gonna say. She when she was young, she moved quick, too, with Sal. Yeah. So, she keeps trying to get pregnant with Suze, and this is what's going to lead to some of the issues. Isn't she, like, 50 at this No, she'd be almost 40 at this point. Yeah. She was born in 1940, 40. and we're in, in 81, so she's 41 years old. Yeah, and she keeps having miscarriages, so that may be well, because she's getting up Well, you're 41 years there. old. <laughs> so... Part of the the beginning of the problem is in 81, Ma promises her then 14-year-old daughter to an adult man Mm -hmm. for marriage. Yeah. Which is like, what? Yeah. The daughter was 14 and the gentleman was 25. Okay. So what were you thinking, Ma? Yeah, and even the followers were kind of like, wait, what? Yeah. Why? (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And, And then that became, though, a thing. Yeah. Is that she would marry followers to each other. And 
age was nothing. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know if her daughter was the only young one. She was the only young one that I heard. I almost wonder I, if there's more behind it. Like she was trying to get the 25 year old support more or trying to get something from him so here take my daughter maybe or maybe because i don't know when her drug use started yeah so you don't know maybe i don't know it was an exchange you know like or it was done while she was high maybe you know we don't know but molly got married to the 25 year old which she didn't really want and that night she got raped repeatedly by him to the point where she said she felt like she left her body because she couldn't Mm -hmm. take it anymore yeah yeah she completely blocked it from her memory she said yeah she did and we'll get back to when um it was revealed when all the memories came back Mm -hmm. But do you want to talk to us about what's going on with the babies since she can't have any? Uh, yeah. So she basically decides that she she wants to be a mother. Um, so lucky for her, it worked out that a couple in the commune had actually come to her because um, they they wanted to ask for permission to have a baby. Oh, well, yeah. Let's talk she, about that real yeah, quick. Yeah, I was going to say because she didn't allow that. Yeah. she People had asked permission to even have sex to mm-hmm. try to have a baby. Right. I think she did it to know exactly who's having a baby and when so she could mm-hmm. swoop in. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it that way. I, I just thought it was part of her. Uh, there's always a sex aspect. It's either no sex or sex all the time. We can't just have a like regular sex <laughs> life in any of these cults. It's mm-hmm. always got to be one extreme or the other. So I just thought it went along with, you know, part of being a cult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's either none or all. <laughs> I think if I was um, to be in a cult, though, I don't want to be in a no sex cult. I want to be in a sex cult. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> So, yeah, she's controlling the sex aspect. And by the way, Victoria mentioned it. She's using cocaine heavily at this point. Yes. Where at one point she even attacked someone with a razor blade while on cocaine. (laughs) See, that's how I'm like, maybe she she married the kid when she was high. Yeah. I don't know. Because you're obviously not in your right mind, lady. (laughs) People from her inner circle would come to these pregnant mothers and Mm -hmm. say, how would you like to give up your child to Majaya, to a god? Yeah. And these moms would do it. They Not only would they do it, okay, this is insane to me. She was so convincing that she got them on the child's birth certificate mm-hmm. to put her down as the mother. And she would dye the mom's hair mm-hmm. to look like her. So that if later it came up like in the hospital, somebody was like, oh, what did they look like? They would describe Ma Jaya. Yep. I would never even think of things like that. I couldn't, I, I, like, how do you, like, have it all figured mm-hmm. out? And it was sad, too, because, like we said, a lot of people would get disillusioned with her very early. Mm-hmm. So these parents who gave up their children would then try to take their children out with them. They can't. They can't. They, They're not they, on the they birth can't. certificate. They're not even on the birth certificate. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Like, how do you explain, like, no, I put the wrong name on the birth certificate. How do you explain that? How do you go to a lawyer and be like, look, I fucked up. <laughs> like, I let this lady have my kid. I let her sign the birth certificate. She's not really the mom. But this I actually. Mean, this day and age, I think you could do paternity yeah. tests and be like, hey, this is my kid, you know. But then it's like, no. you were, there's no way you're getting your kid back. <laughs> this starts a That's lot of problems, insane. though, though outside and inside the ashram Mm -hmm. because she starts telling her followers that these moms didn't want the kids right and that they would be unfit mothers but a lot of the followers are like um Uh, i call you bs (laughs) um sal just called me Sal, good old sal Sal. gotta call sal (laughs) he said you're still lying bitch yeah they knew these moms and they knew it wasn't always easy for them to give up their child even though they thought it was right thing is that the first couple they came to her because they're like, we really want a baby. Mm-hmm. That's sad. That is like, sad. And you took their baby. Well, luckily for that <laughs> couple and for a lot of other couples, they did go to the law. Right. That actual couple got their baby back. But now you're yeah. having outside forces look in on what's going on in this ashram. Right, it's right. not just a school, is it? <laughs> yeah. And then how do you grow up? I wonder what these kids are like now. The, th- the ones that... um were not biologically hers. I wonder, because they've got to be still alive today. Uh-huh. Uh, I wonder, though, just like, 
they'd probably be close to our age because they would have been born in the 80s. Yeah. I just showed our age. You did. <laughs> but, um... Um, it talked about a lot of these children, um... They don't make a full recovery. They yeah. look they I was going to say, I wonder, I wonder if today what they're like. Yeah. yeah. It said they can be very withdrawn because mm-hmm. they didn't grow up with a sense of self. Right. In a cold, a lot of times, you're just another number. And she was, as a, an actual mother, mm-hmm. very neglectful. She did yeah. not take care of any of these kids. She had her two with Sal that she completely abandoned. She had Molly, who she married off at 14. And now she has, and she ended up having three non-biological children. Mm -hmm. And one of the three, she would beat all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if necessarily it was all the time. You know, you just made me think, do you think there's a connection with her getting married at 16 and her marrying Molly off at 14? I was thinking something similar when we were talking about um, when she, like, if she, I, I was thinking something similar when her mom died at 13. Okay. Like, oh, maybe that's where my childhood ended. Maybe this is where your childhood ended. Yeah, I almost feel like it may be something where, well, I did it when I was young, so yeah, you, you should be should. able to do it too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's what I kind of wonder. So, and one of the things that I wanted to bring up, it's completely, like, almost off topic but i think we need to talk about it Mm because it happened and it outweighs the good yeah um there was an older man who raped a younger guy yes the younger guy was in his teens yeah let's remind everyone we are in our rampage we are in our rampage era she's Mm -hmm. on drugs yes so she decided she didn't want to call outside help because she has enough attention so she has them hold the older man's arm over a candle and burn it very severely. Yeah, his hand, he mm-hmm. burned the, because he was molesting the yeah. the teenage boy. But and what's even worse is they magic markered the teenage boy's penis black. That was what black. made me mad. And yeah. then he had to parade around naked. Mm-hmm. So that was her, her big form of punishment was shame. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I was like, I underst- I somewhat understand burning the guy's hand. Like, don't, this is a reminder, is what she told him, to never touch somebody inappropriately again. I'm kind of all for that. Go ahead. Burn that motherfucker's hand. He <laughs> yeah. touched that kid. Go ahead. Burn his <laughs> hand off. Don't let him touch kids again. I still think he should have been turned in, but whatever. Yeah. Anyways, why are we shaming the child? Yeah. He was the victim. He was the victim. I don't I don't understand that part. So that I, I didn't agree with. And I thought, you know what, Ma? You kind of suck. So on a positive note, though, yeah. she was a big advocate for especially the LGBTQ community and for women's rights. Mm-hmm. She actually, at the time, AIDS was so new, the Pope refused to acknowledge it. Right. So she actually took a book of pictures of AIDS victims to the Pope but she wasn't granted a hearing with him. Mm-hmm. So she waited hours in line just to see him like anybody else. And she showed him the book. And it, I don't think, I don't know if it can be directly attributed to her. It's strongly possible that mm-hmm. it is. But shortly after she showed him that book, he recognized age as a real issue. Right, right. So I guess what I'm trying to say is there's no evidence that her showing the book changed his mind. But right. There's no evidence of either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it changed shortly after she showed him. But I mean, at the him. same time, the whole world kind of found out about AIDS at that yeah. time. Uh, so, you know. But, um, but I wonder, too, if... Because she had been getting some pretty bad press up until this point. So I, I do wonder how where her intentions were. Yeah. If they were genuine or it's like, oh, uh, we need to save face. That's true. Let me grab this group that nobody's paying attention to and do something for them. Yeah. Because actually even... She actually raised millions of dollars. Even only about eight years ago, mm-hmm. around the time the whole you know Chick-fil-A gay thing was going on, uh-huh. um, there was a company that said that if we market more towards gay people, there's a whole business model there. Yeah. We If we accept gay, then we get all their money, basically. I'm saying that in a very business, very mean way, but... No. <laughs> and we've seen yeah. a lot of businesses do that. Like when... Anthony and I would you go to the Citadel Mm -hmm. every store had pride clothes in their windows now so I could see where she would be like hey if I support these gays I'm gonna get a lot more support out of it right right and then too I think it's just yeah like you said more support out of it Mm -hmm. you know just 
So Don't follow me. Some of what we talked about earlier is attributed to Sal Conti, another Sal, mm-hmm. not the Sal not who she married. Not her ex-husband, yeah. He was in her inner circle, and he's the one who talked a lot about her gambling issue. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of sad because he was very devoted to her until he became part of his inner circle and saw the true true, face of Joyce. But one thing he talked about was, um, you talked about it, Vicky, is one of her children who wasn't her children. Mm -hmm. She accused him of having sex with a girl in the ashram. Right. Which there was no No evidence either way. Right, right. So she had him beaten with socks filled with rocks. Mm -hmm. But then she wanted to see it. Yeah, yeah, she had to see it. Because the first time, this kid, he was like 13 at the time, yeah, right? Yeah, he was young. So the first time she has him attacked by men that are in hoods and or masks, and so he doesn't know who it is. Mm-hmm. And they beat him with socks and rocks. And then she was like, yeah, that's not good enough. I need to see it. And I guess, like, I heard, like, she could be yelling, like, from her window, hit him harder. Hit him harder. Like, what? Mm-hmm. And that's what caused Sal to leave but the seeing crazy, this. Well, that, yeah. And then the crazy thing, too, is that, okay, you married your daughter off at 14. You're mad that your son, quote unquote, is having sex at 13? It's true. Where Can you get that mad if you were marrying off your daughter to be raped? Like, But you know what the difference is? Drugs. Is she controlled her daughter being married. She didn't yes. control oh, her son. Oh, mm-hmm. very good point. I think that's the difference. That's, you got. You right, boo. I know. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot that happened, but we kind of narrowed it down to yeah. a few things. Um, so, fast forward. She actually just died in April of 2012. Mm-hmm to <laughs> pancreatic cancer what so she didn't pray she that did cancer, pray away. cancer away <laughs> she could pray everyone's cancer away mm-hmm. i thought she how could she die from cancer and what's crazy is even after all this negative press and the lawsuits from moms who have lost their children they actually ended up though in the 90s i think getting back on track is what i heard okay. like they were more profitable again and there's people now that still practice they do yeah so, well, I just think it's funny that even her inner circle have spoken out against mm-hmm. her and how fake she was. But people were just like, no, no, you wrong. No. <laughs> you wrong. That's not the Ma Jaya I know. That's okay? not the Ma Jaya. No, that's not my Ma. So I teased it at the beginning because mm-hmm. I'm a tease. Yes. But here's oh, what Julia Roberts said about Ma Jaya. Yes. There are few people in one's life that create only the warmest and most powerfully positive impact imaginable. Ma Jaya was one of those people to me and my family. She doesn't speak appropriately. It's my family and I. Mm. Or not to me. My family and me. (laughs) She was a beautiful person who shined with love and understanding in all ways. Her transition was deeply sad news, and yet as with all she did, it brought me even closer to her words and her teachings. Interesting. And Arlo Guthrie, the singer, Mm -hmm. also met her. Oh, And he said, I've met a lot of people that were very important. Some were nuts and some were great and some were a little bit of both. But I can honestly say no one I ever met in my entire life was as funny and as sincere and as courageous and as unapologetic as she was. That's not true. I'm all those things. No, you're not. (laughs) I am unapologetic. bitch. Yeah, I'm unapologetic. (laughs) I'm funny. So, yeah, this is a crazy story about yes. how a 35-year-old housewife became a god, basically, yes. because her husband told her she was fat. The end. <laughs> the so, end. husbands, don't call your wives fat. They're going to join yoga and start a cult, okay? Right. So, just remember that next time you want to call your wife fat. <laughs> so, speaking of next time. Yes. What are we talking about next What are week? we doing? It's Mankind. United. That sounds hot. Is that like a big gay party? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. It's a big gay cult. It's, yeah. it's the I knew that this was gonna be your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually just kidding. I have not read anything up yet on Mankind United. Okay. So we'll see what they're all about, huh? I don't know. She's my favorite so far. I love my I Jaya. Know. I know you do. <laughs> I see it in your face how much you love my Jaya. All right. I love her name. Right? Until next time, Colties, keep yourself safe. Yes. And 
And make sure to check us out on social media where we continually will promise to be better but never do. Um, but at Once Upon a Cult, <laughs> I can't even say it now. At Once Upon a Cult on both Twitter and Instagram and online, www.onceuponacult.com. So we'd love to hear from you.